0: just gonna get started here we have Sandeep Menon hi Sandeep what's up yeah and we have a very special guest um you know and a full disclaimer he's an old friend but I'm not going to go easy on him today we've come you know to duel with him we have from FC Goa you know the one and only Bravi Puskar hello Bravi.
1: hi guys glad to be here
0: yes so uh, I know that you know for a long time uh, people didn't know you were the face behind it a long time that you were uh kind of operating in the shadows uh does it feel different uh now that people know that Don Ravi is the one you know kind of that's that's what the public calls you I'm not the one uh, who came up with the name by by the way right <laughs> so, um... but, uh,
1: I personally don't uh, like that name. I find it a little <laughs> embarrassing, um, quite simply because uh, I've never identified with it. Uh, and sure, I mean, being the face of it, I don't think is accurate either. I think the face of it are the players, the coaches, etc., and everything. Um, I think the role that I have and a lot of the other people um, who are faceless, uh, who do significant amounts of work behind the back, uh, in the backroom staff, are uh, you know, it's just all of us together, right? So um it's never a one man show or anything it's just a lot of working parts that are functioning well together it's a well oiled machine that allows us to be the club that we are at this moment time so there's no individuals as such and the face is just i mean somebody has to go out and represent the club at certain points in time and um it's my responsibility at this point in time i guess so that's what i'm that's what i'm here to do
2: okay so, so i'm at the pre season right like yeah, okay. uh, yeah. let's look at the pre season and how things are going back to you know going in front of the fans um, it's been a couple of years. How difficult has it been to sustain? How difficult was the bubble? Last year there was a lot of problems with the bubble. Because we are just getting right into it, right? Have, there's no softball here. So uh-huh. how difficult was the bubble? You had the you know the outbreak in there and then all the other problems that came with it. How difficult was the whole thing and how much are you looking forward to going back in front of fans?
1: Yeah, I mean, let me not mince my words here. Last season, the bubble was honestly mentally a significant challenge, uh, not just for the players, the coaches, but also the management. Um, not just because of the outbreaks that every team suffered from, but more generally as well in terms of the fact that it was, there was a lot of mental fatigue. Because um, at least when I speak, I speak for ourselves. Uh, when we played the first season out in the bubble, we did about seven months of ISL, uh, etc., and everything with the preseason obviously included. Um, then we had the Champions League, uh, which lasted us up until the 29th of April, if I remember was our last fixture. Uh, And then we came out of the bubble and I think the next day, India went into the, you know, we went right into the middle of the second wave, right? And it was quite significantly uh, worse than the first one that India sort of had. Um, what happens? Then we all just go into lockdown completely. Um, we had Goa as well, which is a relatively small population compared to the rest of the states in the country. And it was quite a bad situation out here as well, right? And then. The moment things start to open up again, the world looks like, you know, it's opening up. Uh, We're back into another bubble as well. So people never really got the chance to disconnect themselves and mentally, you know, refresh themselves before going to another season in the bubble. Um, Constant time spent in the hotel, um, constant time away from family, um, the general day-to-day running, which is very monotonous, can get to the mind. And, and, you know, it began to affect people in in adverse ways once the bubble began and, one big thing that didn't go well for us last season was obviously the season. right? The ISL season in particular. Uh, we didn't have good results. And that only compounds um, problems, right? Every small thing starts to look a lot bigger than it is. Um, and every big thing, uh, you know, just explodes into a big, uh, big ball of fire. Uh, so, dousing fire became effectively for us our primary jobs uh, through much of last season. Uh, and, you know, we were glad when the thing was done because there was more relief and the ability to disconnect and mentally refresh yourself. Uh, so yeah, definitely glad that that's over, um, and more than happily looking forward to the season that's to come because right. we right. play back in front of what is our greatest strength which is our fans.
0: But let me be very uh, blunt, right? Uh, it was a terrible season. You finished yeah. ninth. Um, can you one? Can you really afford another season like right? because I think that's your worst season since season three, right? Where you finished bottom, absolutely rock bottom, right? Can you really afford a season like that? One, and you know, you guys have kind of been on this role. You know, we always get recruiting, right? And all of that. And last year was maybe, maybe burst a bubble, not just, sorry, the pun, right? Maybe not just burst a bubble for, for all of you guys, but internally that must have kind of dented some confidence. Right? So one, can you really afford another season like that? And two, What's the kind of pressure on on you guys right now going into this new season?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I'll answer the first question first. Can we afford another season like that? Um, Not really. But can can any football club run without success on the field? So I mean, this is the thing that we know, right? While we do all the good work that we do in the youth development, while we do all the work that we do in our grassroots programs, um, in the community, etc., and everything. Ultimately the fans look towards the first team as sort of you know the main product that they are looking at, right? So for us it's necessary to be successful. And this year as well, we believe that we've built a project that will allow us to be successful. Mm-hmm. There's never been a plan in place to say, you know, what's the least that we can do? friends stay above, and tread water. Right? The intention is to again go out and put a competitive squad out there. And yeah, if you'll notice, given the fact that we finished ninth last season, there's some drastic changes that have happened in the squad as well. We've almost had a major clean out in terms of changes of personnel, whether it be in the coaching staff or then the playing staff. And Even as a club, we've also had to reflect really hard on what we did wrong last season. And, I mean, if I'm sitting in front of you guys, and as you mentioned at the start of the show, that if I'm the face of it, I think it begins with me as well, where I feel like we got certain aspects of our recruitment wrong last season. I don't think we had the right recipe for success. And it clearly showed on the pitch, right? Um, And obviously, the table never lies. So, it's for us, this summer, it's been a moment of self-reflection where we've had to Readdress and sort of, you know, uh, focalize what we want to achieve this season, and more importantly, how do we go about doing it? Um, the processes have been changed up a little bit, but we're a little bit more cognizant of how we want to um, recruit. Um, we've not changed much; we've not deviated too much from the idea and the playing philosophy of the club. But we have changed our thought process of, you know, different little aspects, small details that will, you know, reflect once the players are out on the pitch, and you'll see them a little bit more. Um, sorry, and the second question was how uh how much pressure there is on us right uh, look on the there, staff on sure. the
0: recruitment on technical stuff yeah
1: sure. i mean see there's always pressure on us uh quite simply because we're quite demanding of ourselves uh, we pride ourselves on the fact that uh in the past couple of seasons or however long it's been that you know people have credited us with you know bringing the good um good proper players into the country etc and so forth um we always look at ourselves first as the benchmark so we say hold on a second if we have this Name of being able to bring X amount of quality players into the country, et cetera, and so forth. So every time there's a sort of a blot in the copy, we look at ourselves first. So we, I think, if you speak to the other people who are in the recruitment staff, I think we're most disappointed with ourselves primarily because we felt like we didn't um, deliver on what you know sort of the benchmark we set for ourselves. And this season for us, the challenge was not to say, oh, you know, what will people think of us? There is more for us to ensure that you know we are earning our uh our bread in uh, for with the people who've recruited us to sort of you know look after the recruitment and all that and to ensure that we get this right more than anything else because there's that little you know piece left over within us that you know we have come close multiple times but we've never crossed the line. So for us that is sort of the thing that's really driving us. And this season we really went deep. Uh we didn't reduce our expectations in terms of foreigners that we wanted to bring in in terms of the quality we wanted to bring in. And these are targets that we've thought about for a very long time. Um, obviously, we've got a new coach in. So, we got his inputs in before we got on to these targets. But we're quite happy with the business that we've done. And we're quite pleased with the recruitment we've, uh, we've
2: had so far. So, when you look at it, Ravi, uh, you guys are... I like the way you run the transfer market, right? Because you don't overpay anybody. You try to get good deals. You reach out to the right kind of players. Nine times out of ten, it's worked out for you. How difficult is it in this market? Because it's evident to me that there's sort of a bubble. It looks like... The Indian market is a little bit inflated, or at least a lot inflated. So, how difficult is it for you to work in this environment, and is it sustainable with this kind of market strategy? So, when you, mean the
1: market, you mean the Indian market or the foreign Indian market?
2: Indian market, Indian market. Yeah, I think foreign market is also a little bit inflated, but uh, I don't have that much of. a
1: I mean. Let me be completely honest with you, right? I think I've gone on record once before and said this as well. And my personal opinion, this is, I only speak for myself and no other team or club or any other representative. I personally believe it's a lot more easier for me to operate in the foreign market than it is in the Indian market. Um, I agree with your statement that the foreign market is a little bit more, um, it is a little bit inflated, but I think that's the premium that we pay for not being a country that's, you know, globally recognized as a footballing powerhouse, right? And you have to do some sort of Um, carrot dangling which allows quality foreigners to come in and that's the standard operas and modus operandi that is there across the entire world right Uh, any country even when China did it they also spent significantly higher sums of money but it's the normal thing Uh, when it comes to the Indian market um, yeah I don't think it is very well sustainable I don't know what is sustainability in Indian football um, to be honest Uh, but when it comes to whether it is sustainable to run a football club based on the salaries that we pick up, I think absolutely not. Um, there's significant amounts of money that is being paid out to Indian players and if I'm being genuinely very, very honest, taking out all sorts of um, you know barriers in place, uh, an Indian player that is earning X amount of money in India, if he goes abroad and tries to earn the same amount of money, he'd get laughed at. Honestly. Um, just because there is a limited talent of pool of players that we have here and given that there's 10 or 11 clubs that are all highly competitive and want to outdo each other. We're just creating option scenarios where a player's value is just tripling fold uh, multiple times over, quite simply because there's only a finite number of talented players that, you know, every team wants to have a look at, etc. and so forth. The moment the ecosystem grows, the moment the supply is more than the demand, that's when prices, I think, will become a lot more rational. And then clubs might start to have, you know, a little bit more of a sense of um, the word sustainability that you used earlier.
0: You... Yeah, so no, I I mean we want to get to that. We'll we'll get to it more in the second half of our live. Uh I believe Ravi is an expert for us when it comes to market economics, because I think we have a deep dive into the second half of life, but we just want to get back to the first bit, FC Goa, right? Um so two things, right? You have seem to have a penchant for the Spanish market, right? Uh, it's worked out, I get it. Uh that the country produces a lot of talent. But like I said, sometimes it can backfire. Like Iram Cabrera, for example. Right? Uh, this is the first year where you've actively, let's say, looked for a Noah Kadui. right? Or you know, uh, you've again torn up the script where everyone's going for Australian because, and we know it happens because everyone they speak English, right? So it's easier for everyone to communicate. A lot of there seems to be a, some bias towards Australians in the Asian slot. You've again torn up the script. You've gone for a 25-year-old Syrian which i think is commendable right um and you, you obviously did not start with that even when in season 4 you had let's say hugo bumu who wasn't spanish you had ahmed jahu who wasn't spanish but in the middle maybe there was a season where you went five spanish and one one Donicky, right so but it, i think it's it's well known that fc go has some sort of pension for that and uh, i feel that there might be a it might be an inflated market spain might be an inflated market but i really want to hear of your thoughts on of that. One, the pension thing and two, the fact about Spain being an inflated market right now.
1: Right. I mean, I mean, I don't want to beat my own drum, uh, but the reason why we operate in the Spanish market and why I, I operate in the Spanish market is because I'd like to consider myself quite familiar with that market. Right. Um, I understand what players are getting paid there and what I think is a fair price for them to be paid in India. Of course, we do have to pay more than what their Spanish team is playing. Otherwise, there's no way that any player makes a move here. But we do understand a little bit more To our style of football, etc., is most commonly practiced in that country. Right. Having said that, we've never shied away from bringing in players who we think will fit that idea. Right. Uh, for example, Faris um, will not speak a single word of Spanish. Right. His English is not going to be great either. But we still do believe that he has the technical qualities and and the physical prowess to able to help us in what we require of him on the pitch. Right. I had a Spanish coach who made the decision to get him on board, and we had people who worked, and you know, as you mentioned, you know, we have this fame of operating in the Spanish market, but we've always looked at other countries as well where we've had the necessity to. Um, Noah's another example as well. is not somebody that we've just looked at this summer. We've had an eye on him for the past couple of summers. Um, but obviously it's easier for us to do the deals in the Spanish market because there's one other thing that proceeds and that be, that extends beyond FC as well, right? It's the fact that Spanish players have come and adapted themselves easily here, right? Um, there's a reason why Eric Ten Hag, when he goes to Manchester United, is picking up Lisandro Martinez uh, and Diel Malasia, et cetera, and all these guys, right? Because there's that familiarity that everybody's comfortable with. Uh, so we are no different in that regard. We work in a market where we feel we're comfortable. Um, but we've also, as a club, taken active steps this summer to try and explore beyond the Spanish market as well. Go into other countries where we feel like we can open up a possible network, a possible channel of players to come into, and possibly even if we. If we can develop players that are good enough to be able to send out to an export to as well, right? Um, so that's precisely what we're looking at because, I mean, look, we're a nascent club. We've had eight years in in, in operation. Um, so we also need to steadily build our markets, our networks and our contacts. Uh, and we're getting to that process now, but it takes time. Uh, but in the meanwhile, we also have that pressure to be successful, right? So we will always go and I mean, when you put somebody under pressure, the first thing that they will do is go to the one thing that they're most familiar with and I think that's the case for us as well because we've had this pressure which we put on ourselves and which I think our fans are right to expect that the team performs as well as it can and is always up there right amongst the top teams right so in that regard that's why we've gone there
2: so uh, I, I, sorry sorry, so, go sorry. On. Hello, you, we just wanted to ask you about the youth development thing now uh yeah. last time the reliance found <laughs> youth league maybe not the most ideal way of uh you know performances over there so, But what are the pipelines? Is there any plans there? Uh, is there any uh, channels that are coming through for young players to come through to FC Goa? What, what is the whole plan with the youth development part? Because I think you guys and VFC are the two teams who put a lot of effort into this. Uh, from the ISL point of view, a lot of effort into developing youth and bringing players through or giving them chances or training them etc. Yeah.
0: Just to add to that, you finished 5th out of 7th. That's got to hurt, right? For a club which is renowned for its youth development. Just adding to that question. Yeah, go
1: yeah, on. Yeah, sure. I mean, first one with in terms of uh, our plans for youth development. Um, yeah, we do uh, invest quite heavily in the youth department. Uh, because that's something that's been a big consideration that um, the owners have made when we sort of uh, charted out the vision and project for the club. Uh, the intention was to develop players. Uh, and for us, it's a source of pride every time a goon takes the field. Um, particularly when a go on has come through our system, uh, there are a couple of players that I'm very excited about. I'm not gonna name them today because I don't want them to keep because we've done this in the past and we heap pressure onto these players um, and it's not served them well, if I'm being completely honest right? It's just caught to them at times they've not been able to handle the pressure or they've just you know gone way beyond and thought they are already. So I'm not gonna I'm gonna refrain from naming names, but there are a couple of players who hopefully their actions on the field will demonstrate who we're talking about and you know, um, they will be on the platform uh, in the Durant Cup, so hopefully they'll prove themselves there. And then, you know, I'll let their uh, footballing work do the talking. Uh, but for us, it's a great source of pride that Goan players do get promoted, etc. We are always looking at players from other parts of the country as well, but we're looking for exceptional talent to come and fill the squad where possibly the Goan players cannot fill the holes. But for us, it's always been a priority that Goan players uh, are the ones who come and play, right? Uh, and with regards to sort of finishing fifth out of seventh and all that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we were disappointed. Our target was to be in the top two. Um, but I also do know that uh, we use this as a platform where we try to give players who did not have any part to play in the ISL a platform. right? Um, barring Rithik, who was our goalkeeper, uh, because he only got one game in the ISL. Everybody else who played for us didn't have a role in the ISL and nobody registered with the ISL squad. So for us, that was the focus to ensure that these players got an opportunity, etc. And even in the games as well, I do think that we were a tad bit unlucky. Uh, there was a couple of games that where we conceded late equalizers um, or conceded goals right towards the end, which tilted the result in the opposition team's favor. But I do believe that given that opportunity again this year, we will be a lot more competitive because a lot of players that played in the dev team last season were coming through the under-8 teams who, um, in their defense, to be honest, did not have any competitive action for the past couple of years in the pandemic. But this year, I do believe that they'll be a lot more prepared because there'll be a lot more competitive action for them to prepare with before they go and play this tournament once again.
0: Right, uh, right, yeah. So coming to that, right? And you spoke about youth development and all of that, right? Um, and you spoke about Go and, and I can't help but asking this question. Do you think um, you know, by I mean I'm talking talking about the one and only list in right? Is that is that something that's going to haunt you for the next 10 years, 15 years?
1: Well, I, I mean, I hope it's not going to be 10 to 15 years, um, let me make very open my admiration for the guy. Uh, mm. I do think he was a sense
0: And you've read the comments that, that, that have come out uh, recently saying, I was right to leave when I left, I wasn't getting game time, he's come out very openly and and said it, right? No. So please. No, I mean, I,
1: I don't blame him, of course, I mean, it's his right to opinion and he's given his opinion and, I, and fair enough, I mean, that's his opinion. Um, We've always thought that he was a quality player, even when, when he was within our ranks, we thought he was a very special player. Um, at that point in time, the coach uh, who was in charge obviously chose to look beyond him and chose to play other players. And we will respect that, right? The coach's job is to pick the players, the player's job is to train to the best of their abilities. And then we've got to leave it to the head coach to decide who plays and who doesn't play, right? Um, and then given that Listen was not getting very many opportunities in January, um, he came up and requested to be moved to another club because. He was not getting enough opportunities. And at FC go we we've never stood in the way of somebody, particularly a younger player. If he's wanted to go somewhere else, we've never stood in the way. Right. Um, so obviously he got his move to Hyderabad, and I think he's done fantastically well for them. And last season, I think he really exploded onto the scene at ATK. Um, big congratulations to Liston because um, I've known him since he was about um he's 22, 23 now, since about 17, 18. Um, I saw him for the first time when he played the Santosh trophy. Um, and he's a quality player and he's really put in the hard work, right? You can see it in his physique as well, that he's a different quality player. Um, I don't believe he's at his peak just yet. I still do think there's facets of his game he can significantly improve, but he's definitely on his way there. And I do hope that he continues to do so. And he knows that our doors are always open, but of course, it's his decision that uh, when went to come back. Uh, he knows that uh, our doors are open. So, I mean, you know, the day Liston says that he's willing to come back home, um, the first one standing in the queue will be FCO and then it's up to him to choose which way he wants to go.
0: Right. but yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to build up on that. Give me a second, Sandeep. So, I mean, uh, for me, right, uh, at 22-23, 20 there's literally no competitor to him in that age group. Literally, he's miles ahead of anybody else, right? And after Sunil, and we keep saying success of Sunil, but this guy is looking, you know, he's looking like the real deal, to be very honest, right? That brings me to my second question. You know, uh, so now he's at 80k and, you know, uh, you've lost players to Mumbai also in the past. Has, you know, have market economics now dictated that, you know, if it's virtually impossible for FC Goa to get a player from the likes of 80k or Mumbai City? Have we accepted that these two are the big dogs when it comes to, you know, spending money in the league? And there is very little, you know, Catching them when it comes to giving out contracts or you know, matching them on a financial scale.
2: Because uh, there is something similar. I wanted to ask the same similar question because I did a podcast with uh, Manolo, and he said at that, that time that we can't really hold on. We will lose some point. It ended up being Ashish Rai. So he said we will lose players because of more money than us. So it's the same thing. Like there is obviously teams who are. Willing to spend uh tooth and nail and five, whatever is the you know, hyperbole that we want to use. How do you uh, hold on to your players as well? Not just bid for them, but on to your players as well.
1: Yeah. Um, given how extensively you guys have framed that question, do you really do you need me to answer that question? Yeah. <laughs> the answer was more or less found in the question <laughs> that you guys framed, anyways. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, that's the way the world football works, doesn't it? I mean. There are going to be certain clubs who are going to be financially uh, more powerful and there's going to be certain clubs who will have to outdo them in terms of their thinking and their thought process and try and develop players at different days, Right? Each club has got a different set of objectives. Our objectives are to try and develop the players to the best of our abilities and um, it's not that we are not a club that will sell every possible player at every given opportunity. Um, what we do want to do is try and ensure that we keep the players and be competitive for as long as possible. But there are points when players outgrow football clubs, right? It's happened all across the world where there are players who will say, "You know what? Actually, for me to make the next big step in my career, whether it be for financial motives or for sporting reasons, they want to move on, right?" And at that point in time, do you wanna? Then you need to make a judgment call: Do you wanna hang on to a player who doesn't really want to be with you, or do you wanna let him go and bring in a fresh pair of uh, legs who is actually keen and actually is gonna give you everything that he's got in his in his body, you know, help the club to achieve its success and goals. Uh, You know, it's judgment calls that one's got to take, but. Sure. I mean, if you ask me, is there a difference between certain clubs and the others in the country? Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I mean, there's no hiding from that.
0: So sorry. Just just uh, now coming to the coming to the coach who actually sold Liston, right? Let's come to that, right? Yeah. Um, it was a glorious three-year period uh, in your history. I mean, I'm sure you look back at it fondly. And uh, just for viewers. Uh, Ravi took charge in season four. We somehow, uh, you know, he started off uh, taking charge of recruitment season four, four to eight. It's been about five seasons now, four, five, six, right? I could argue that you had the best set of foreigners in the league at a time when the league was still moving on from quote unquote namesake foreigners, right? People were getting paid 20, 10x, 20x, and people were way past that prime. And you also can accept that the league has moved like leaps and bounds since season three to season eight especially in recruitment of foreigners, right? So you were way ahead of the curve at that point. time. I give you credit for that, right? But then the results in that time frame, right? I could actually say that, I could actually make a case to say you actually underperformed At in, in those three years. You are the best sort of foreigners. Your track record in playoffs games for the last five years reads nine playoff games in the ISL, 2-1. Only 2-1. If I'm, one is against Mumbai City, the other is in a losing course against Chennai NFC. 4-2, right? That's one. Number two, big games. You played BFC seven times in those three years. You won only once, right? Uh, and that, I think, happened after BFC got a red card, right? You had reverses where you've gone a man up against BFC and you've lost 3-0, right? So, question. Does it really point to a soft underbelly? At the club. And uh, are you the South Africa of the of the ISL? Right? Are, are you the... Sorry to use the word. Do not take offense. Chokers. Are you the chokers of the ISL?
1: Well, based on the way you've described it, it seems like, you know, the tag is going to stick to us for at least the fair few seasons till at least we get the trophy on the mantelpiece, right? Um, But, yeah, I mean, to be honest, the situations that were there in that moment in time, if you asked me before, say, the... The first season, the 17-18 season, if you ask me then, were we the favourites? I would not think so. I think before the ISL began, nobody knew who Koro, Jahu, Lanza, etc. were. Um, right? I think they made uh, themselves household, household names based on the performance that they put in. Uh, the season yeah. following that, I think, was one of our better ones when we had a lot of stability and I think the third one was when we really peaked. Um, and to be honest, um, I think situation and circumstances didn't play too much in our favour. Uh, because in that third season, uh, I do think that we had the squad uh, and the momentum to go all the way. Um, and unfortunately for us in the first leg, the big thing that happened for us was that um, Brandon got a freak injury. Uh, Hugo was nursing a niggle that he couldn't recover from in time. And Edu Badia had to go back home for a personal uh, personal emergency. Right, So, we lost three players who were Effectively, players who could keep the ball for us and all of them were capable of playing as a number 10. So, in that game, we solely missed a number 10, which means Koro had to play a little deeper and we had, uh, I think, Manvir who played up top. But we just lacked that penetration and depth uh, in attack, which would have served as well. We would have kept our defence uh, a little bit more tighter and given less pressure on them. Um, if the circumstances changed, I do think we would have won that game as demonstrated in the game that followed. Because I remember very specifically, um, after that game as well, um, we lost the game 4-1, right? Um, the general feeling would be that you know this is a game that this is a tie that's dead and buried. You know we're going home because we're playing it because it's a formality. Um, on the way to the airport, I remember Koro saying that you know he's got this. Uh, I'll refrain from using the word because he used an expletive at that point in time, but he did say something which made me sit, sit up and you know get some level of confidence because he said you know what, I've got this feeling within me. I'm just rephrasing the words that he used, but he's like you know I've got this thing where. I can't imagine what's going to happen when you're going to turn the tie around because I can really sense it. Um, and I remember, I think, and I've said this multiple times to the guys that I work with on daily basis as well, I think it's the best game and the best atmosphere I've ever been in. Um, and I've been in the final of the 2015 season as well when I was with the club as well. But the second leg semi-final against Chennai is the best atmosphere that I've been in. And I was sitting next to Akshay when Muktada falls scored the second goal, I think, and that was within 10 minutes, right? We were 2-0 up within 10-20 minutes. Uh, and I and I looked at Akshay and said, Jesus Christ, this is actually going to go and do it. It'd be one goal away. And I think in minute 45, after the break, we had one glorious chance um, that was missed. And then Chennai went and scored on the counter, et cetera, and so forth. But otherwise, I do think that had we put that third goal in, um, and now I have the benefit of having spoken to the people who were on the Chennai bench that day, they said they were dead and buried after 10 minutes. They were like, they're going to put six or seven past us today. That's the sort of, you know, the expectation that they had on the bench. They're like, we better pack us. I believe there was somebody on the bench who said to one of the other responsible people, saying, um, I hope you've booked our flights for tomorrow because clearly we're going home. So, but obviously, situations have played out the way that they have. Um, I think actually, the one season that you have forgotten is the season after that. Uh, when we lost in the penalty shootout.
0: Yeah, I, think I remember.
1: We gave a very good account of ourselves in both the legs. Um, I know the result will reflect that Mumbai City yeah. won the tie. But I genuinely do and honestly believe. and. I mean, you guys can judge me or judge yourself for yourselves, but I think we were the superior team in both the legs. Um, But unfortunately, the ball just didn't enter the back of the net. And, you know, in penalties, it went down to a situation where it was a lottery and, you know, somebody else came up
0: trumps. I I agree, but would you rather not have the cabinet space filled? I agree with your assessment of the safe and Would you rather not have the
1: cabinet? Oh, without a doubt. I'll tell you this there's a lot of people that are jaded uh, because we've constantly been trying to do this year on year. We get there, but we're not quite there. Uh, and I, I can tell you, this is the single most uh, uh, desire that drives so many of us in the office. Just to ensure that that one trophy that is missing from our cabinet, because we won every other domestic competition that there is uh, currently active in Indian football, barring that. Right. So, that's the one thing that we want to put on the mantelpiece. And I think a lot of us can then rest easy and have a good night's sleep. Yeah,
2: so, I have to actually disagree with Orko here a little bit. Because I don't think... because. The BSC team that uh, beat you in the final, they were a very tough team to play against anyway throughout the whole thing. Went into extra time. Mm-hmm. They were set-piece gods at that time and they scored the goal and they won it. So Jahu might... got
0: uh, sent off. Let's let's yeah. remember. So, yeah.
2: Then, see these things yeah. do happen in games. Right? Yeah, it's not for like, sure. Uh, it's anything special. So, I don't think you, there was a need. I, I personally don't think you choked. I think on that day probably was not your day but you had a great season. So, I would uh, more likely look into that side and plus I think… Uh, Lobera and uh, Carles were like really opposite styles of football and Lobera was like a wave and Carles was a rock and the wave just crashes off the rock and rock does not move. So that's how I always looked at it at that time. But coming back, I wanted to ask you about, uh, you said striking death. So obviously uh, you had Coro for a long time, fantastic goalscorer, a fantastic overall player as well. But since then you've not been able to get that same kind of impact with the player. Right, You got uh, Angulo, who was a top scorer, but didn't really fit in with the team, with the coach either. The next year, you lose the coach. Uh, Hiram didn't really click like uh, you would have expected him to either. So, uh, how difficult is it to fill that role, especially for a player like him, like Koro, who is a legend in uh, ISL in in your team? I mean, mean, that's the thing, right? Koro set
1: the benchmark so damn high. It's very difficult to beat, right? The guy (laughs) has got 40... Eight or 49 goals in the 48 IASA?
0: goals, 16 40 assists, assists 40 IASA,
1: 57 games, games right? Yeah, I mean, at, at, at home, he was averaging 28 goals in 28 games and all that. And I mean, without an inkling of a doubt, anybody who has seen the player playing live or on television screens, um, and has followed the game for long enough will say that he's undoubtedly the most effective player that was in the ISL, right? His numbers, you compare them against any other player in the, who's played in this league so far, they don't match up. So, is it a tough task to replace him? Of course, will you get a like for like player? Uh, in their prime, it's not easy, right? Because, I mean, when Koro came, I think the season that he scored 18 goals, the previous highest, across all the seasons, the most a player had scored was 10, right? So, and then when Koro scored nine in his first three games, we were like, okay, hold on a second. What's happening here? Because he scored a couple of back-to-back hat tricks against Bengaluru and Chennai. Sorry, against Kerala. And we were like, okay, these guys are a different thing altogether. So, when we signed him, did we expect him to score 18 goals in the season? I don't think so. And then what do we have to do? Then things change, right? We've got a new coach in. Juan came in. You know, he had a certain idea about what sort of players he wanted to use, what sort of players he wanted to bring on board, etc. And everything. And he felt that Igor would be somebody who would fit well, right? And sure, he might not be the same style of player that Koro might be. He might not be equally uh, uh, as involved in the build-up play as Koro was. Might not be as rounded. But I mean, you cannot deny that for me. I mean, I'm adding Koro in this bracket as well. I still do think Igor is the best finisher I've seen, right? You give the guy half a chance, he normally ended up putting it in the back of the net. And I mean, Koro might have created 30 chances for himself, but I might have taken about 17, 18 of them. Right. Yore, mm-hmm. I think, had about 17 chances and he took 14 of them. So I mean his mm-hmm. ratio in terms of finishing was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um but obviously there were certain limitations. And last season as well, I mean, to be completely honest, us as the recruitment staff failed in the transfer market, um, beginning with me. Um quite simply because at that point in time we were quite convinced that Iram would do the job. Uh, and it was not just because we thought in that moment in time, because historically we looked at him, we'd come a couple of times close to having discussions with him as well and everything, but there was already somebody else who we thought was a better fit, and we went ahead in that process, but it didn't fit. Uh, had Iram scored 15-16 goals, would you guys be asking me the same question? I don't think so, right? So uh, because Iram did have the same sort of characteristics that Koro had. Um, he had a similar level of goal scoring streaks that Koro had previously. Um, but obviously, in different countries. So, we felt that maybe we would be able to recreate that. But obviously, it didn't work out, not just for us, but for the players as well. But, I mean, there's not much I can do about it. I would love to turn back the clock and, you know, yeah. bring a different player in or do a take a different decision. But there's no point, um, you know, crying over spilt milk. Our job is to focus on this season. And hmm. player that we did miss out on last season is somebody who got in immediately this season. Um, hmm. I mean, Alvaro was somebody we looked at before. I think most other teams did last season. Hmm. Fortunately, we didn't get uh, the green signal then, but this time we wasted no time in doing so. And we've tried to rectify our mistake. and I'm pretty confident, um, given how Alvaro has been so far with his interactions with us and with the club and with the rest of his teammates, that he's somebody who will fit right in. And I'm sure his work
0: will do the talking once he's on the field. I hope he does perform. Otherwise, 3 million people on Instagram will tell you that (laughs) I told you so.
1: No, actually, you don't. I don't think Alvaro needs any validation from me. If you ask all the Kerala Blasters fans what they think of Alvaro,
2: yeah,
1: um, you'll get a response. I know. I, I mean, okay, sure. He might not have scored a hundred goals last season, but I think I'm effective for them. I think it's yeah. fundamental in the way and sort of you know pushing the team together beyond. Um, I think they were much bigger some of their parts.
0: Yeah, my concern and obviously you don't have to respond. We'll just move on. My concern is that he might have overperformed a bit. He did score some spectacular goals, which are in you know technical terms. Highly over XG, you know, that. That's, that's just my opinion. Obviously, you guys know better because you guys have spent way more time, right? So, we we'll just move on, right? Uh, and yeah. we'll...
1: okay, hold on, let me get you out on that. If we go by XG tables, technically, FC Goa made the playoffs on huh, last season, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. I yes, I
0: know, I know, okay. and, I know, and Iron Caprera's also the difference between, yeah, yeah, okay. I know. Uh, you had an XG of about minus 20, uh, someone calculated it was minus 20. And that's a goal missed per game. <laughs> Let me remind you, that's nuts. That's just nuts in terms of you know XG deviation. Uh, and I've also said I've said this on Twitter, also saying you guys have created everything, you have done everything, other than put the ball into a back on it. But that's football, right? You know, I
2: get some uh, responses when I defend FC Goa, saying I'm a sympathizer and defender. Yeah, and
0: yeah. We, so I mean, we'll it is what
2: it is, right?
0: Yeah, we'll just. Uh, to the economics uh, bit of it, right? And sorry, before that, i just going to finish off one question. Um, mm-hmm. if, when it comes to youth development, right? Um, even in Taka Goa, right? There was a club, and it was an club, Dempo finished unbeaten, right? For now, it seems like FC Goa does invest on its youth development, right? Uh, I'm not saying Dempo doesn't, but I have to kind of give it to them that they are having, they kind of had the better season last time. And it seems to me that they might be a tad better than you when it comes to this whole, you know, youth development. Shindig, you can clarify that for us if if I'm wrong. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. I agree with your statement 100%. Last season, Dempo okay. outdid us in the Goa Pro League. They're us in the TASA. They're us in Under-18 as well. Um, and this season, before the season began, we had a very serious yeah. discussion with everybody in the club as well. And particularly in youth development as well, saying, you know. Uh, right now, Dempo are setting the benchmark. What we need yeah. to do as a club to be more demanding yeah. of ourselves is be the bench, uh, the bench, uh, sort of you know the yeah. benchmark setters in the league and in the state, etc. At least as well, right? Because we do have a, a significant amount of resources we're using up, so our results need to be a little bit better. But there is one thing that I do want to clarify, though. Uh, when we do sort of request the coaches, etc. And everything to go out in tournaments to compete and give their best, we also do ask them to ensure that there is focus on development and that the focus on development does not come at a cost of results.
0: Results, yeah.
1: For us, that's very important. So, I mean, we play a friendly tomorrow, for example. um, And if we resort to long ball, which is not particularly something that we are very uh, fond of, um, and we win the match 1-0, there's not going to be a lot of smiles from us because we have deviated from what we want to do. At the same time, if we do believe that, you know, we've done things exactly the way we want to do, you know, building up in the back, pressing high, working to ensure that we are connecting um, all of our lines across playing within you know in a very tight space etc and everything and all that if we do all of that we'll be quite happy because it means that we are developing players who will have a bigger impact in the first team in the future right for us with the dev team the primary aim is to ensure that the player is as best accustomed to playing a certain style of football as he can be when he makes the step to the first team because the, then the margin between what they are playing at right now and what they need to step up to is not too steep right? that's that's the primary focus but at the same time yes we do now want to inculcate another habit, which is fundamentally important for any player who wants to be professional, which is the winning habit, right? So now there's an emphasis on that as well for them this season to, you know, try and inculcate that winning habit into the players as well. And that only happens when you know you put certain amount of expectations upon yourself, um, and you push
2: hard this season to ensure that you know that expectation is there, not just with the first team but across the entire youth system as well. So now getting back to a little bit more about economics and transfers this year. Uh, last year we had a small discussion and we looked at it. The Western West Asians uh, generally, recently, has not really done as well. Maybe one or two exceptions here and there. Uh, but that is a market which would potentially be a little more cheaper uh, and potentially able to adjust a lot more. Right? Obviously, language being a problem.
1: Yeah. Uh, see, the market is definitely uh, a lot more sustainable, I would say. Uh, but at the same time, their view, their their view of Indian football is vastly different, right? Um, I mean, if you go to an Iranian and ask him to come and play in India, I'm being very blunt and honest here. Um, anybody who's worth their salt in Iran will look at India and say, hold on a second. If I'm going to India, I'm reducing my chances of whether it be to make it to the national team or whether it was, you know, what is my next move after the Indian football club, etc. cetera everything, drastically reduced. So, they look at India and at least when they first came here as well, uh, when Persepolis was here, etc. Their um, opinion of Indian football is not exactly like, oh, the top standard. Uh, in the Asian competition, piece, right? Then they were in for a pleasant surprise. Then after the game, they were like, oh, we actually expected a lot worse, etc. and so forth and all that. But to bring a player from there is not so easy. Um, there are a couple of other countries where um, you likes of Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, etc. There are some quality players there, right? Um, but the challenge is the language barrier. So, if you're willing to bite that uh, pill and say, Do you know what, okay, I'm going to go and work my way through that. Uh, and bring those players in, and you know, it's going to take a little bit more amount of betting. It's going to take a little bit more effort. It's going to take a little bit of more of human resource work to try and you know get these guys feeling comfortable and get them to understand what we're trying to expect of them. It's a lot more easier. Um, but having said that, I don't think Australia is all that expensive either in that regard. Um, I do think that India right now, because India is doing better uh, in terms of you know the reputation that we have in the Australian market, given that multiple players have come across, I do think they've also reduced their expectations and. They're a lot more reasonable with sort of, you know, their expectations of, you know, what they can expect to earn in the Indian subcontinent.
0: Okay. So, just uh, I for me, it's very clear that the Indian market is uh, unsustainable. Like it's it's kind of a bubble because, uh, and I remember discussing this with you sometime season four draft, right? Um, apart from the ones who were retained, only Eugene Sun, Lingdo and uh, Anasarathotika, I think, were one CR plus, right? And um, everyone, like all of the other starters you could get for like 70 lakh, 60 lakh, 50 lakh. Now, now, and it is my understanding that every, uh, especially in, in, in positions where there is a significant, uh, what do you say, amount, gap in the demand supply, right? Uh, center back, for example, right? People are paying exorbitant sums of money, right? We've seen some goalkeepers get crazy amount of money right um it seems to me one that there is no correlation between minutes played and the amount being earned right that's that that and generally i feel any tom sorry should not say any should not say tom Decanari. a lot of players who may not even be near the national team might get up to a crore this year right uh for me, it's unsustainable, right? I I don't understand how it works, and if it definitely continues this way, then we're we're seeing we're seeing the start of something, you know, which which might see a lot of clubs fold, right? Because of how the market is going, right? Uh, do you agree that that there is a correlation between starting the minutes played and the salaries that are being earned? Or are these wages just being driven up insanely high? Personal opinion, obviously.
1: Um, one, I, I don't… I mean, okay, let me put it this way, right? Mm. They say that the value of a player sometimes grows when well he's spending a lot more time on the bench because he seems to be far better than when he's actually yeah. on the bench, right? <laughs> yeah. so Your opinion precedes… Sorry, your, people's opinion of you precedes your actual performance. I think that's been the case in a couple of the uh, situations I that I personally see. Um and you know people have benefited from that. But you know, honestly, to be to be fair, if I'm a player and somebody's gonna offer me one crore and I'm already sitting on the bench uh for the past, take it with- I'll, take it. I'll take it with open arms because it's it's a way of living, it's my means of living, and you know, I'd be foolish to say otherwise, right? Um, I think what needs to happen is clubs need to be a little bit more open to discussion amongst one another. Right now, there's a lot of secrecy, there's there's a lot of this necessity to try and outdo each other, try, trying to outsmart each other, I think the only ones we are outsmarting are ourselves in the process, mm-hmm. ending up paying a lot more than what we should be. Um, and the only way, the only way this sort of normalizes is if the supply is a lot more it's than the right? Yeah. Um, because otherwise, players are able to ask exorbitant sums of money and get away with it. Because if you look at the right side, you have this player who's asking this amount of money, and if you look at the left and it's a barren field. You would rather have somebody standing there rather than nobody. Um, and that is sort of what's happening. Again, you mentioned the problem positions, like you know, there's limited finite number of players who are centre backs, finite mm-hmm. number of goalkeepers, or finite number of players basically who play through the spine of the team, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where foreigners have tended to apply their trade, right? And yeah. given that through the years we've steadily declined the number of foreigners that are allowed to play on the pitch, the necessity has grown, but possibly the supply line has not been created just yet. The
0: right?
1: mm. result numbers have gone up, and you know, teams in a Necessary necessity to outdo each other. I've spent a lot more money than what personally at least feel is wise to do so. But hey, this is the market. Everybody's trying to be competitive and we pay to win matches, right? So who can you blame?
2: Yeah. are yeah. a lot of uh, questions coming about uh, Duran Cup and sure. uh, the team that you're sending there. Yeah. So, um, some the last question that I can see is about the thirty-plus games of a season that they're finally giving. Yeah, this is the one. So yeah. I just wanted to get your take on this because I kept kept seeing a lot of this and I get some messages also with the same thing.
1: Sure. I mean, okay. Uh look guys, this is a very simple solution, right? Everyone's asking why we're not so this is the thing. So we want our first team players to play X amount of games in the uh, per season, right? So we're accounting for the Super Cup. We're accounting for the entire ice school season. And we are confident that we'll make it to the playoffs, etc. and so forth. So we've added up all the games, and I think we'll make the 30 they are playing and winning the uh, ISL. So that's our man. An
0: injury time exclusive. You heard him say he's confident of making <laughs> the playoffs. I'm going to cut this bit. Yes, go on. Yeah. Uh,
1: internet has a very long memory. I was just kidding. So just ensure that. This <laughs> uh, the reason why, um, see, I mean, it's very simple, guys. The team are still going right. there. It's still FC Goa. Um, our thought process is simple. There's a lot of players that the coaching staff and we wanted to have a look at and see whether they would actually step up against good quality opposition there. right? Because the Duran Cup and the teams that they will be facing there will be as close as possible to, it will be to ISL. Uh, so, we want to see. We want to test our options. See players out there who possibly might not get playing time where we can test them here. Right? Friendly matches don't have the same vibe or the same vigour which a Duran Cup match might demand of them. And that's why we've sent the teams that we have. Um, We're not worried about playing time for the players in the first team, etc. Because I do believe there's plenty of opportunities this season between the ISL and the Super Cup. We've just felt that we need to provide a platform. And the way the coaching staff that we have this season are seeing it, both the first team and the dev team coaching staff, is we have a squad of 40 players, right? There's the first team that we're calling as the first team right now. And then there's the players that we're considering the dev team. But honestly, we intend to use all of them at our disposal. There are going to be players who are going to, at times, be moving up to play in the ISL based on their performance in the Goa Pro League. And at times, there will be players from the ISL who might represent the club in the Goa Pro League because they're not getting enough playing minutes at the thing. Um, unfortunately, the last two years didn't allow us this because we were caught by the pandemic. There were certain restrictions in terms of player movement, etc. But this season, given we have the benefit of players moving between teams, etc. Why not use it to the field? Help? Because in the Goa Pro League, we're going to get 25 plus odd games, etc. So, we might take advantage of the opportunities that we have in front of us. But we do want to test ourselves at a national level for these players as well. That's why we have given them the Durant Cup as a platform. Um, and I'm confident that we can do well. A um, couple of seasons ago, we sent in 2019, before the pandemic, when the Durant Cup last happened, when we participated in it. We sent our team. I mean, I'm choosing not to call it the reserve team at that point in time because it was a decently strong team that went out there. And the only reason we didn't progress to the um, knockout phases was virtually of goal difference. That's it. Right? Otherwise, in I remember the third game that we played. We're playing against Real Kashmir, I believe, and they were holding on for dear life and hoping that FC would not put the ball in because we were significantly dominant. I mean, we were some very open, guilty chances and we should have gone through. But otherwise, um, I don't see why our team can't put up a good showing. Uh,
0: sorry, I'm just going to go back to the economics bit of it, right? And because you said something, I'm just going to pick up on that. Uh, you said, you know, people, we have to talk to each other. Someone else actually told me this. Someone told me that... Uh, the CTOs are talking to each other, the people in charge of recruitment are sometimes talking to each other but uh, the major problem is that sometimes the owners are not communicating with each yeah. other, that's point number one uh, and good that you brought it up, so also obviously if the clubs are being misled, right so maybe it is the intermediary again who might be, you know, quoting an ex- exorbitant price and you know, we have heard this And I don't want to, you know, name any names. We heard that there are some intermediary run clubs, right? Which are ready to, let's say, pay exorbitant sums because essentially the intermediary is the one who's dictating, calling the shots, right? So does that a, you know, can you confirm that this is a phenomenon that is happening? Because a lot of fans, you know, they, they feel, they feel very bad when you say it, right? Can you confirm to us without naming names that, that this is the case? And they do jack up prices in this intermediate, they're ready to pay anything and everything. And that, you know, um, that like I said, these are the guys who are jacking up the prices, the intermediaries, right?
1: Um, I'll tell you to be completely honest, um, I don't think it's fair for me to comment on other clubs. Um, what I can tell you is at least the way that we would look at it would be we take a very dim view of any intermediary coming and telling us how to run the club. Um, I think there's an owner who has a vision in place and he's got a management team in place to look after that vision and to try and protect it to the best of our abilities. And at least the path that I've taken every time we've gone into a discussion, I feel the price is exorbitantly high. We've just told them, saying thank you very much, but we're not going to run this rat race in which we. it's clearly meant to sort of you know uh, ensure that the prices are way beyond what it's supposed to be at. Um, and I would hope that if there is such a case where other clubs are, uh, where this is happening, that greater sense would prevail and they'd understand that, you know, oh. That is a short-term sort of thinking and uh, mindset. What they need to focus on would be something a little bit more smarter and invest in themselves and their club, where they can show real credibility as to why certain players have been brought in or certain recruitments have have been done. Uh, And in terms of the pricing, I think it's just a case of... I think we're both equally culpable. The intermediaries, the clubs, the players, everybody, right? Ultimately, the players standing there and hearing big numbers being projected to him. Um, it's, it's, it's not his fault that he begins to dream big then, right? Uh, and then you have a competing club come in and then try and, try and outdo them. And some of the players come from very humble backgrounds. So, I mean, if you light their eyes up and say, you know, this is what we can do, etc. and so forth, uh, why would a player not take it? Um, I mean, it's just a situation that's being created. And again, I say that it goes back to clubs in an effort to try and outdo each other, just, you know, just filling the coffers of players at this point in time. Um, rightly so. I mean, some players, of course, uh, you know, everybody deserves the right to earn their living and everything. But I do believe it's not sustainable in the
2: long run. Yeah, so I, I and, am going to ask just, a couple
0: of... Yeah, before he says it, right, just going to confirm that FC Goa had a player uh, that they don't have now. And two years ago, he was uh, close to a single digit lakh figure. And he's looking at a 12-fold jump This, uh, from what he was getting. And I think... Ravi gets the drift of the player that I'm I'm talking about. A certain player was on a was on a you know very meager amount, but then two years later he is looking at like a crore, right in 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 salary. So, uh, you know I mean the transfer market is bonkers. Uh, I'll just let Ravi figure that. Do not Sandeep. Yeah, go. No, I'm little...
2: I, I figured it out, but it's I agree, I agree that it is a market, and uh, you know performance sometimes does. You know, hike up the price also a little bit to be fair uh-huh, to him. But,
0: but you know, like he said, it's a PR driven market. You have to give him that, right? it's, it's, it's yeah, a I wouldn't lot...
2: say that completely. But he said it's a perception
0: driven market. Way. I'm calling it as it is. I'm calling it a PR driven market in a lot of cases. Right? In some cases... Yeah, but, but I think like... this
2: this case maybe does 1 crore maybe looking too far out there, I mean, water, yeah. A little more than that, which probably not a bad thing. But anyway... Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I had one question. One one person messaged me, then he messaged me again. Then he messaged me today to remind me that I about Nemil and the plans with Nemil. Yeah. Uh, and I I know that you guys had a press conference with him so, a couple of days ago. So, obviously, there are some plans with him. But <laughs> what are the plans with Nemil?
1: Yeah. I mean, see, um, I think Nemil had a season last season when he got to learn the ropes uh, with the first team. Um, he played the Durant Cup where obviously, shone And... Everybody went bonkers and said he's the next this and the next that and this and that and so forth and all that. Again, the reason why I refrained from mentioning names today was because it allows players to sort of, you know, work in the shadows and let their football do the talking. Um, I think Nemil gave a great interview last season after the ISL began when he said there is stark contrast in sort of the intensity that the Turan Cup was played at and what the ISL was played at the time and thinking time is a lot lesser. Um, And the competition for the places is higher in the ISL, right? I mean... You're looking for high performance in the ISL. And Nemil this season again is going to be going with the team to the Durant Cup with this aim of, you know, getting himself into top shape. And when he comes back, he's going to be given equal opportunities in the first team. And it's up to the player to win his spot in the team. Yeah, just like every other player, whether you're a foreigner or an Indian, you're a go or a non-goer. You've got to earn your spot on the team. And the coach has made it very clear to every single player that they all start on level playing field this year. And then it's up to each of them to earn their spot in the team. And it's no different for Nemil. Uh, because he's young does not mean we treat him any differently. The guy has got oodles and oodles of talent and, you know, he's got boundless energy. He just needs to find the right ways and to channelize it and to ensure that he does his work as the coach requires him to do. And then, ultimately, the player has got to do everything he can on the training field and leave everything behind. And then it's up to the coach to make the decisions he chooses best fit to help the team in the game.
0: Yeah. Speaking of young talent, right, uh, there is one particular talent source you've never dipped into, right? That a lot of ISL clubs seem to, you know uh and you know there's been a lot of chatter about this particular talent source in 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 the recent past right uh i'm talking about uh none other than you know the indian arrows right fc Goa kind of stayed away from it um a lot of chatter about you know exorbitant transfer fees being being you know uh, demanded <clears throat> and i'm pretty sure that if you guys saw an apoya you guys would grab up an apoya right today I'm saying the next Apuia, if you saw them today. Uh have you one ever thought about going for, you know, one of the arrows players? And two, uh, you know, the, the transfer fees and, and all of that. Is is, is that a, is that a turn off? Because uh, we know you could sign people for transfer fees, but uh you know, you've never that's one source you've never dipped into.
1: Yeah, I mean see this this Always been a lot of players who've been of interest to us uh, from the arrows. But, like you mentioned, if I'm being very honest, for us, transfer fees is something we consider very seriously. Um, and I'll tell you this, man, we have misers in that regard. You know, we don't want to spend money where we don't see it necessary to. Um, we try and ensure that if you're paying uh, and putting money on the table, that is well worth the investment. Uh, so, in that sense, for us, it's very this thing that uh, uh, when the numbers were quoted to us, we felt that perhaps you could get better value for money in different situations, et cetera, and everything. And see, the one thing is the Irish players are quite young, right? Um, they're between ages 17 to 21, 22 at best. So for us to go put that sort of money into this, uh, bringing a player on board who might then perhaps not have the ability to make the step up, et cetera, and so forth, might not be something that we felt very confident in and we didn't feel it was a wise investment. That's why we refrained from it. But there are players who have since moved on and you know signed on with us in some capacity or the other. So, uh, if for that regard, we've just done it. But if there's ever a player who we feel is worth the necessity, etc., we might look at it. It's not something particular. That's just because it's the arrows or anything as such. We just never felt the need to because we felt we had competitive talent coming through our own system.
0: Huh. But, so, I mean, going, going by your track record, right? Mm-hmm. Um, would you ever pay like... 50 i mean i'm not i'm not talking about you know uh, the future market i'm talking about what 50 lakh or 1 crore means in today's market right yeah. would you and we, we've heard of clubs paying 50 lakh for an i league player right yeah. um would you would you ever c- consider doing that would you ever consider paying like you know 50 75 1 1 cr for for an i league player right because we've seen those sort of transfers happen between isl clubs and isl clubs you paid, obviously, you paid for Dheeraj, for example, right? Uh, would you ever, you know, sell out that kind of money for the I-League player? Because the intrinsic value of the I-League player, when he's in the I-League, right? And I know this, the top contracts of any Indian at an I-League is probably 12 lakh, 15 lakh, 20 lakh, not more than that. I mean, this I, I can say with utmost confidence, right? When he comes from the ISL, he suddenly overnight becomes a 60 lakh player, right? So that's something I really can't wrap my head around right especially when we see results in the Durand cup and you know we see fourth division teams toppling toppling isl and i league teams right so i mean i'm just just wondering from your point of view would you ever would you ever sanction something like that you know an exorbitant transfer fee for an i league player
1: Um, honestly unless the players are generational talent no um no it doesn't make sense for us and again uh, going back to this original thing of inflation and all that, because you just mentioned that a player is earning X amount of money and is going on X times 6 or whatever and everything. I think there's just highly uh, inflated and grossly miscalculated values that are being presented to players. Um, it's just creating a hype around it. Um, I know that the transfer, the off-season, the transfers and the money being spent, you know, makes for good chatter and all that, but honestly, does not make a great, great, great amount of economic sense, right? So, People hype players up because they've scored one goal, etc., and everything. But you tend to forget everything else that he's done for the past seventy odd minutes in the game because he's just come up in a clutch moment and done certain things, right? So, I think what we need to do is be a little bit more mature about how we assess players. Um, and now I'm speaking as an Indian footballing fan, where we don't hype players beyond a certain amount of expectation, where they also begin to sort of, you know, receive that hype and feel like there's something else altogether, right? To be honest, if you ask me right now, you know, we mentioned Liston and all that. In an age bracket below the age of 23, right now, there's very, very few players who are limited, uh, sorry, who are well-rounded enough to crack a European league, right? Um, and we've built them up and put them up on such a pedestal that now a lot of players are genuinely begin to feel like they are, you know, top-end quality players. And I can tell you this honestly, right now, barring a few players that I can, you know, count on on a single hand, there's not very many who you'd be able to take and drop into a top division in European football and expect them to survive and sustain themselves. It's genuinely not going to be possible. Because we are a little bit behind and I think our market values need to reflect that.
2: So I'm just going to, uh, so this, this whole uh, chat with you when I, when I texted you for this, started from this one tweet. So uh, about FC uh, Goa not uh, telling stories or whatever decisions you made as given a backstory, etc. I'm not sure if you saw this, but uh, yeah, yeah. that's, you did? Okay. So yeah, that's the whole thing. So he had sent two, three questions as well. So I'm going to ask them one by one. But first of all, uh, before we start, I do feel like if you are working for FC Goa, you are entitled to give the best spin for everything, right? And we know there are much uh, spectacular spinners in, in Indian football as it is.
1: Have we just been labeled spin masters?
2: No, not you. I am not saying <laughs> you. In Indian Japan football others, in, general in general is is has a lot of spinners. is spin only. Ah. Yeah. But I think it's
0: fair, right? If you want to uh, like protect the club. Yeah, as as long as your press release doesn't have historic in it, I'm fine with it.
1: No, I mean see, I mean I personally think I mean the reason why there's a lot of people that exist at the club is to ensure that we protect our image as best as possible, right? Um, our job is to put our narrative out there, put our stories out there, and it's up to the people to perceive it the way that they see it. Uh, and to be honest, a lot of whatever we say and do is built up and backed up by actual events or occurrences or facts or whatever and everything. Right? Otherwise, I think it's very easy for somebody to call through the nonsense when they see it. right? I can't claim to have, uh, let me say, a good youth development program if you don't, if I don't have players coming through. If in the next five years, if I have zero players promoted from the reserve team to the first team and we go out and claim that we have best youth programs in the country, people are going to look at us and laugh at us, right? So... Whatever we do, if you're going to walk the thing, we got to better. You know, if you're going to talk the thing, better walk it as well. And and I do believe that whenever we put some things out, uh, we've tried to do it with, you know, giving correct demonstrations and good scenarios, etc. And whenever we feel like there's a need to defend ourselves, we've done so without any prejudice towards anybody else. We felt the need to fight our corner. We've done so. So for that, we don't apologize in any manner whatsoever. No.
2: these are three questions. First one. Foreigner signed this year has no linkage to Argentina in any way. The scouting work done went uh, for which year? Is it for the future?
1: I mean, if you want an exact year, I can't give you an exact year. Um, But like I mentioned, I think I answered this a little bit earlier when I sort of leaned upon it. that It's work that we're setting uh, up for, for the future. right? It does not not only have to be for players. We could even be tying up with clubs. Argentina is a very curious market, at least from my experience that I spent there. a uh, very interesting market, a very complicated market. And for me to be able to understand that market a little bit better, it required me to spend some time there. Does that mean that there's players that come out immediately? Probably not. Were there players that were highlighted this season as possible options? Yeah, for sure. Of course. We looked at a couple of options, we found quite a few players interesting. But at this point in time, maybe it's not the right age for them. Or they have a running contract because Argentina's contracts work in a different time frame, right? They will run out in December, etc. and so forth. Yeah. So We've kept all of these factors into consideration. We've spoken to a few clubs, we've broken down through a few barriers. We've tried to ensure that we go into a market where we are more familiar with where we don't get ripped off, basically. Right. And that requires some level of foundation work to be done. And I believe that's what was done this time. So now if you ask me of a player from Argentina, I can answer with conviction on the reality of what the player could be getting or what we what the expectations are whether when he comes to India, etc. so forth. Right. So that's why that was done. Hope that Very answers.
2: True. The second question is, before Peña, it was Manolo Marquez who was targeted. The transfer fee plus salary was burdened to sign him. Question. What, by management, signed Carlos who had no prior experience with the CNSM?
1: Right. I mean, so I'll answer that question in two parts because it seems to be a two-part question. Uh, the first one with regards to um, us chasing Manolo and all that, I think one, I don't think it'd be right for me to... Sort of speculate on any coach, particularly a coach who is the active head coach of another club. I have immense amount of respect for Manolo. I think it would be a disservice to him if I spoke about him in any manner which was not confirmed, etc. And everything. I mean, this is a speculative question and I believe it's come from another person who is also in the business of writing uh, yes. articles, and everything And since he seems to have the inside beat on FC Go, maybe he should spill the beans if he's so confident that we did go after somebody else. But I'll leave it at that. And in terms of why did we go after… I Carlos, heard
0: it. I'm just going to say I heard I heard it. So you know what?
1: Honestly, uh, if the coach was genuinely available, and this is out of pure respect for Manolo, uh, without uh, you know sort of saying anything against Hyderabad or whatever, if he genuinely was available, and if all twelve clubs were not interested in him, there's something wrong with one of the clubs who was not lying. I think he's a fantastic coach. Um, I've heard great things about Agreed. him. I've interacted with him a couple of times after the games as well. I think he's. I mean, you know, he's well worth uh, the praise he receives. Agreed, so, so in that sense, yeah. And in terms of. Uh, uh, signing a coach with no experience, I do believe playing professional football for the best part of 18 years at the highest level, um, and going by the way he's working in the past couple of days since he's been here, uh, I would encourage the person who asked the question uh, to sort of speak to the people who've gone into meetings with Carlos and come back out with sort of the impression they got of him. Right, this is internal stuff, and I'm sure this will reflect very soon with the players and uh, the external world as well. Once you know Carlos's working methods are demonstrated to the rest of the world to see. Uh, why we went with Carlos. So I mean we when Carlos was appointed, we were very cognizant of the fact that this would be the most asked question till his team did their work on the pitch and we've made our peace with the fact that this is gonna keep getting asked. Um, you know, it's just born out of and I mean if I was in sort of, you know, a journalist position, I would ask the same question as well, so you know, why I coach, et cetera. And we understand it. It's not like it's a ridiculous question. It's a fair question. But we have also made peace with the fact that we are not going to be able to answer it honestly and realistically till he gets out on the pitch. The moment he gets out onto the pitch and he demonstrates what he does, then hopefully he vindicates himself and we don't have to go much more into it. And maybe then people go and say, hold on a second. Maybe they have pulled off something else again that nobody expected
2: them to do Okay. And this is the last question.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, why club feels insecure to release transfer fees slash loan amount when transfer happens?
1: We don't like to beat our chest with the money that we make. That's why we don't release. It.
2: <laughs> and um...
1: I mean, see, look, it's straight, it's straight secrets, right? Right? Like, why would I want to put out the price that I'm demanding for a certain player? Because basically, you're giving away your benchmarks. Right? It's known within the industry. It's known what everyone's paying at. But leave that amount of speculation there, because it could be a few bit more, a few more lakhs that come into the account as against a few more going out from the account, right? If FC Goa has a reputation of being misers when it comes to spending money, good. Then that means when I go out and negotiate in the market, it means the expectations start lower. Mm-hmm. I go out and openly declare that oh, I'm paying a crore for this player and that crore, then the expectation is next time that the crore is the base price that we begin with.
2: So for that reason. And, I had uh, been uh, having the same conversation with uh, Mandar a few years back, and he said, uh, "It's not my job to tell you; it's your job to find out." And I was like, yeah, "I mean, I don't care."
0: And honestly, I've heard some of the amounts, and sometimes I think, what are the other clubs smoking? I, this is my personal opinion. I've I've heard, I. But uh, kudos to you. Like you said, it's it's fair game, right? What you do is 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 your, is your prerogative. Um. So I'm just gonna, uh, you know, you touched upon Carlos Peña as a coach, and I have a very interesting question. Um. You know, <laughs> from Carlos's time at the club, right? Uh. There was this thing that you know. More than the coach, there were three players who would decide how the team would uh, play. One was obviously Mr. Pena himself, Um, one was Mr. Edubedia and the third was obviously King Koro, right? Um, Is that one, is that remotely true? Two, and I remember you having conversations with with him even back then, right? Peña himself. Um, is that something that had an influence, uh, you know, on, on this decision?
1: Um, okay. Uh, one, the first question, let me blatantly say that that would not be possible. Uh, all said and done, um, Sergio was a coach who had a certain amount of uh, clarity in terms of how he wanted his team to play, etc. and so forth. So, to say that three players took over the playing side, etc. and everything, I don't think is fair. Neither on him nor on them as well. Um, their jobs was on the field to perform. Um, obviously, they wanted to speak a little bit more, etc., and be the leaders that they are, which is their natural assertiveness that came through. But it's never that them sort of you know hijacking anything. I think that's um, a crazy sort of assumption to make. Uh, the second question in terms of Carlos, I'll tell you this: Carlos always has had a coaching eye. I think long before. FC war was on his mind as well, right? Um, he had already sort of started getting his licenses. And actually, by the time he retired, he had got his entire set of uh, coaching badges through. Um, went back to Spain, got some things and everything. And to be honest, there was one discussion when Carlos there had to hang up, uh, hang up his boots. We did ask him what his plans were for the future. And he did mention that, you know, he wanted to get into coaching. You know, he was already thinking like a coach in the last season in terms of the mentality. He was trying to see how a coach would react in certain scenario situations and, you know, learn from it as best as possible, etc. and everything. Um, and in that regard, I think Carlos was um, very clearly indicating that you know he had a certain amount of preparation done within him and that's why it gave us a certain amount of confidence that going into the situation that we're in now, we felt like he'd be an ideal fit for the team because while there's some old connections that he will still have, it is again a fresh template that we're going to be working off.
0: Okay. So last couple of questions, right? Um, what's your take on pro relegation in the ISL? Uh, let me remind you that in Season 3, you would have been relegated right um mm-hmm. and uh, it's interesting follow up question by anindya banerjee right what would your approach be if pro relegation introduced my understanding is that a lot of isl clubs are wary of it because the market value would immediately crash right if if they if they went into a second division and the franchise fee that you've been paying 15 into 10 12 into 10 that's that that's pretty much your market value right so um yeah so just 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 these two questions very very curious
1: yeah, know your okay. What would be our approach if pro, pro-, pro-, uh, pro- relegation injury FC does not <laughs> gets relegated? Um, yeah. I mean, our approach would be pretty simple. We try not to get uh, relegated to begin with. I think that we have basic sort of thing. Um, and promotion relegation. I mean, I guess that's for people who have a higher pay grade than I do to make a decision on. Um, as a personal fan of Indian football, would I like to see it happen? Yes, given that there is a stable ecosystem. And that there's not a vast disparity between the clubs that are in, say, the second division, um, or whatever it might be in that regard, getting promoted, but then they get hammered 10-0, 8-0, whatever. Does not make any sense whatsoever, right? Then you're just diluting the quality of the competition. Um, if there are stable teams that are able to go up and down and not see a vast, um, you know, sort of dilution in quality, um, I think that could be a good thing for Indian football because you're just amplifying the base of talent and you know opportunities for players.
2: Now, a couple of questions from my end. One was uh, there is talk of being, you know, potential FIFA ban and all that stuff going on with all the things that is happening in AFF. How is uh, a club, I'm just going to ask you, FC Goa, but generally, how are clubs feeling about the situation with, you know, AFC Cup matches could be, you know, affected and all those kind of things? And maybe even it affects the transfers. You never know.
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, ideally, we would like to not play under the AGS of a ban. but again, this is something that's way beyond an individual club's opinion, etc., and everything. I think it's got to go all the way back to uh, people who are sitting in the judicial bodies, the federations, um, FIFA offices, AFC offices. Um, I genuinely don't have much of an opinion because it's not an area that I'm pretty uh, particularly strong on. So I mean, I've left that to better minds to make a decision how they want to do Indian football. Let me worry about how our preseason is going yes. and whether the grass is cut and whether it's been watered for tomorrow to begin with.
2: So And I also wanted to ask, last year, in the middle of the season, you lost your coach.
1: Uh, A
2: lot of stories came out. uh, A lot of different things have been said. I'm not going to get into all of those things. But how difficult was it to... I mean, obviously, I don't think you had any choice. You couldn't hold him, uh, keep him. Because he wanted to leave. So, how difficult was that to deal with from that end? And uh, generally, how, how did the club take it at that time? Because, like you said, the season was not going very well. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, see, to be honest, right, um, I'll sort of expand on this answer a little bit, um, to try and be as honest and, uh, as possible. Uh, did we take it? In, well, one for us, was, was it a surprise or a complete surprise? Uh, were we expecting it? Absolutely not. The night before when I went to bed, this was the last thing on my mind, right? Uh, if, if somebody showed that to me saying that, you know, one was going to join uh, ATK Mohan Bagan at that time, I would have laughed it off and said, you know what, you had something to drink, you might as well go and, you know, give your head some rest. Um, Next morning, when the bomb was dropped on us, did we have time to react? No. Um, Our greatest sort of challenge was the lack of time to react, right? Because we were basically given 24 hours to say that we were informed with less than 24 hours of uh, intimation that this is happening. And there's not much of a choice etc. And everything. We did try and have a discussion with Juan at that point in time saying, you know, what can we do to ensure that, you know, you continue to see out the season with us etc. and so forth. But at that point, it was very evident to us that his mind was already made up and there was extensive discussions held with his Prospective future club, and we didn't want to, you know, hold him back any further. We felt that, you know, it was very evident that our paths had to separate, and at that point in time, uh, we had to move on. Um, Was it tough? Of course, because I do believe that we okay, we started the season uh, terribly, Uh, we had three defeats on uh, on the bounce, but after that, we had uh, beaten Bengaluru. Now we'd beaten East Bengal, and you know we were on the face to recovery because we'd drawn Hyderabad as well. I remember because that was the last game before uh, you know uh, one changed clubs.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We picked up seven points out of nine, right? So we were on the road to recovery. We were not quite there yet, but I think we're doing a good job of you know getting some points on the board, et cetera, and so forth. So of course they threw us off, um, but you know individuals make decisions, and I guess that's how the world of football works. Right? Not everything goes the way you want it to, and I guess that's a good that's a great challenge of football because while you can plan for everything as much as you can, what happens on the field is way beyond your control, right? Somebody else is controlling it. And it's down to ultimately the players and the coaches to perform and, you know, get the right results. So things happened and we had to react and we thought we made a good decision, bringing Coach Derek on board at that point in time we had very really little time to work with and you know, he could. But at that point in time already there was a few spokes in the wheel that had already fallen off. So for him to reconstruct it was also a significant challenge. Uh, and unfortunately we didn't uh, get over the finish line but you know a lot of lessons learned um and hopefully next this time around i do believe we have a lot more of a stable base to work with and hopefully you know we can achieve results that will demonstrate that you know we're as ambitious as we've always been and we want to get back up to the top okay
0: um ferrando lobera that's a question we want to ask you in another life right and there are too many questions for you that deserve another life seriously right uh ferrando yeah, like lobera. you can see that right? like, yeah, you, uh, you can see the chat that's so yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, so yeah. many questions, right? And you seem to be quite popular. Uh, not going to call you Dawn again. Well, right? l- like
1: you mentioned, though, if the results don't come, I don't see how popular I will be at the next live session that happens.
0: Uh-huh. No, then just uh, just hide. Just, <laughs> just uh, run off to Maharashtra or something. Because it's not good. <laughs> right? Uh, okay. So, you know, one serious question, and I was really shocked when a source to- told me this. I just have to ask you point blank, right? Um, there, there's that's just rumor in the grapevine right and let me just clarify it right now did fc goa oppose afc competition did they say the economics of afc were went working out for them is this something i've heard from a recent meeting uh, of the clubs right just just putting it on the record here did fc goa opposed afc competition yeah saying saying that you know we don't want to play afc because you know it's it's it, there are you are not the only club I think there was a group of clubs which said, you know, maybe we don't want to play AFC. This is just something I've heard, right? I just want to clarify this. Uh, Did you guys ever say we don't want to play AFC? I
1: mean, unless it was misheard, except on everything, that was definitely not the case. And uh, okay. if you're asking us, saying, would we like to play AFC, please point in the direction where we need to go because we would definitely like to do it again. <laughs> We've tasted that drug once before and we definitely want a lot more of it once again. Oh yeah, oh yeah.
0: I mean, I mean FC was a parsa police was so just like right. I, I mean we really enjoyed it, right?
2: Because that was the first taste of uh anything yeah, from yeah, to be right? honest, I
1: think the great misfortune that we had was we did not want to have our fans be able to enjoy that. But more importantly, from a personal opinion and from a squad perspective as well, what we wanted to do more than anything was Go and play Persepolis in Azadi Maidan and in front of you know seventy thousand Persians oh, yeah. like you know, that's what we wanted to do, but obviously okay. we didn't get an option. Hopefully we can make up for it by you know making another appearance in Asian competition. So okay. no, so definitely no, categorically no, we would love to play in Asian competition.
0: Okay. And, and, and last question everyone's asking this women's team, because you know that Kerala Blasters have now started, you know, Odisha has started. Uh and I don't know a lot of people have I've had this discussion with multiple stakeholders in Indian football. They, they just don't think that the ecosystem is ripe enough right now for investment, right? Um, but yeah, uh, just wanted to know ki, what is your realistic aim because you seem to be putting out teams for the last two, three seasons just enough to compete in the GPL and you, uh, GWL, and you're being beaten by Servo, them, I think, last year, and I, you know, other clubs like that. I'm pretty sure FC Goa is capable of putting a team together that can win the. Go a women's league, right? So, sorry, please clear the confusion.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be very honest, we are very keen to put a women's team uh, that is competing. Our intention has been to compete at the IWL. Uh, mm-hmm. But unfortunately, at the local league level, it's been a complete disaster in terms of the organization, etc. and so forth, uh, where it is almost, you know, becoming a challenge for us to even consider mm-hmm. putting the team out there. And we've always highlighted this to the responsible bodies here locally. Uh, but we've not had any favourable responses because they are not hundred percent sure of the vision and the sort of you know the direction that they want to take with the women's uh, ecosystem in in the state. Uh, we're trying to drive that. We're trying to encourage it, facilitating, etc. and so forth. And we're hopeful that some solutions come out of the entire thing. But till that point in time, obviously, uh, us putting together the best of talent possible in Goa, but we only get to play four games, and then after that, the players go idle for. However long they have to before they go into IWL is not really helpful. Right? We want more extensive competition. So, we would like to play at least a 15-game league season in Goa and then go into IWL because you're not undercooked when you go there. Otherwise, once you go there, you're going to yeah. see what has happened previously when any Goa representative has gone to the, the IWL.
0: Sir got whooped. Yeah, no, Vodham got whooped. Yeah, they did.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, we don't want to, if there's a team going out there, let's try and be as competitive as possible. But also requires us to have domestic action and something to build upon before we go and
2: play in one of these. Yeah. Okay Ravi, we've been saying uh, last question last question this is the lastest question okay and it's not even a very serious question because i was just gen- generally wondering when you were talking about playing in front of you know 70000 people in azad maidan and no. all yeah uh, you know there are not too many rivalries in isl like uh, there are obviously the kolkata clubs are there and they market it very as much as possible there is probably something between Kerala Blasters and uh, BFC or BFC and Chennai, but I think BFC and Chennai and have a little bit more needle in uh, in their rivalry. So when you look at uh, FC Goa, do you have any uh, games where you feel like I have to, we have to win this? Is there any of those? Maybe there isn't. I'm just wondering uh, because it just popped in my head. Like, is there any game you look at it thinking, oh, this 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 game we have to win? Because it, there are no derby games, right? Yeah, I mean there's. Yeah, there's not been any particular
1: game. But across the season, I think it's varied. um, Because in 2017-18 season, when we sort of first um, got into the longer league format, etc. and everything. At that point in time, Bengaluru was a team that was setting the benchmark. right? So, Mm -hmm. they were sort of the thing. And then, I believe after game one or two, uh, because we played them in game week two. right? But we had a bit of a longer break before we played that fixture against BFC. Uh, I think there was a comment made by one of the pundits that Bengaluru would go unbeaten all season long. So that immediately sort of drove us to say, Do you know what? And then immediately when we beat them, we beat them four three. Koro scored a hat trick in that game, and I think Gurpreet got sent off. Right. Mm. So then, we were like, oh, okay. So there, you know, that's one taken care of. The season that followed, I think there was a little bit of uh, sort of direct competition with Chennai at that point, right? Because in the semi finals in the previous season, they got the better of us. Um, so then, so each season has changed based on the circumstances. I think nineteen twenty season. Without a doubt, it was obviously Mumbai because we had multiple of our players go there. Our Ex-coach was the head coach of Mumbai at that point in time. So they were our greatest rivals. Uh, last season we looked at a TK Mohan Bagan games in a different scenario altogether. Um, do we have a direct rival? No, ideally, I mean the way we see it is whichever team is on top, we would like to consider them to be our direct rivals and try and play them.
0: So um, uh, just speaking on that, right? Um I think you might have a direct rival maybe three, four years down the line. A certain friend of ours has joined a certain club in Goa. Right and uh, and you know he's also a friend of the part and honestly it's a state of statement of intent from the club also right and you touched on something that we're not going to touch in this live uh, but definitely would like to invite you back and uh, the legend of Goan football that is your head of operations right to touch on the GFA and the functioning I think you lightly touched upon it but uh, trust me there is so much so much to unpack there and obviously you guys are. <laughs> I won't say you guys are the best of friends as well, uh, FC Goa and GFA, right? Uh, but on that live, yeah, uh, I think you've been a great sport. I mean, I'm thanks, thanks for answering all the questions, right? And uh, you know, I I know we we harped on a lot of things, but uh, it's very refreshing to find somebody uh, from the industry who speaks as as openly, seriously. And I think the yeah. fans fans had some misconceptions, and I, I'm glad that you know you were there to 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 clear to clear them up. Right, and Sandeep, you can, you can sign up. Yeah, I mean, it's the
2: same here because we, we're trying to get more conversations about Indian football, yeah. and uh, more people come and uh, they are open about conversations. Great. Uh, this is the third thing, third uh, live that we are doing like this, and all of them I've really enjoyed. I mean, I know you always spoke in your mind yeah. uh, in our conversation, yeah. but you know, it's nice to see uh, more and more people looking. We are trying to get more people, more people are interested also. So, hopefully, we can keep this dialogue going. I do have to say this because I have been messaged and reminded that please ask people to subscribe because I never do and apparently that's the problem. So please uh, people, please do subscribe. Uh,
0: I hope people yeah. in the Porvarim office will subscribe. I hope you will ask them to subscribe after after, well, that, after this. Yeah,
1: I'll politely request more when I'm
2: in office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, anyway, right. Thank you so much for your time. I hope uh, you had some good time as well. I no, mean, well,
1: I mean it's. I mean it's an absolute pleasure. Um, obviously, I try and not have multiple conversations through the course of the season, but every time I do, the intention is to make the fans feel like they have an idea of the inner workings of the club and try and solve their questions because I mean answer their questions to the best of my ability. Because ultimately, the reason we exist as a football club and what matters to us and our greatest motivation is the fact that. Fans care, right? As long as the fan cares and the person, and you actually genuinely believe that they care, it drives you to try and do better and, you know, work harder. The moment you feel like no matter what you do, your work does not matter. The source of motivation, your greatest source of motivation is completely gone. Um, so in that regard, yeah, hopefully it's answered a lot of the fans' questions and all that. And uh, while we may be considered spin masters, I think we're anything but that. We are more than happy to answer questions. Um, having yeah, yeah. said that, now, now,
2: I little do little need little to early
1: check. Early, huh? I still have a job for answering the questions that I have. So,
2: <laughs> so now we didn't ask that. I mean, I asked the question. I didn't write the question.
0: To say. Uh, no, and 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 you know when you talk about job, uh, open invitation to Akshay. Please, please join us on the show. Right? If you want, you if you want to yeah, along, there is a
2: lot more to unpack because we. Basically, just touched on the development that you guys are doing. Right? And, I know you're doing a yeah, lot more yeah, with the uh, yeah. games that you're handling. And, and the about. super
0: efficient state affair also we haven't touched upon yet, right? Uh, so <laughs> lot to unpack there. And like I said, we hope we hope you get the legend of. We hope you know you you get the legend of go football, right? Uh, you know the former GS of Dempo himself. We hope you also get him also along the next time, right? When we speak about GFA. Especially, I mean, you have a direct but, line of access to him, so I think you can ask him directly. I don't have a direct line, but he'll just
2: Thank say, you know, ask Ravi. Oh, <laughs> he'll really. just say, ask Ravi. So okay, I, ask I'll do.
0: I'll ask. Sira. No problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah. thanks
2: a lot, Ravi. Uh, this was great okay. fun. Hopefully, you okay. will come back again soon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, people who want to know where to get a Fosa Goa Foundation T-shirt. Please go to the website. I think, I think they might, they might have something for you there
1: right yeah yeah definitely for sure
0: yeah all right thank you good night